Let us continue. Today's Mishnayomi Rabosai is Paragimel, Mishnayis, Dalid, and Hay. Mishnayis, Dalid, and Hay. So Rabosai, yesterday we began with the Sugya of Balkari. So Mishnah Dalid, Brachos, Perek, Gimel, Chapter 3, Mishnah 4. Says the Mishnah, Balkari, Mehari, Believe. And Rabosai, just the context over here, Takhanas Ezra. Takhanas Ezra, remember again, Ezra was Metakin. Ezra instituted that when a man has a seminal emission, he cannot daven or learn until he goes to the mikvah. What was the point of this takana? Interestingly enough, it was a takana that was aimed at Tamidi Chachamim, at Torah scholars. Shaloyu Tamidi Chachamim, Literally again, Tamidi Chachamim should not be with their wives like roosters. I guess you have to understand rooster mating patterns. I guess roosters mate often. So the idea was that Ham Tchacham should think about engaging in intimacy. Should, should obviously as a mitzvah of intimacy, but that he should think about the fact that he's going to have to go to the mikveh afterwards. So therefore, again, the Mishnah is picking up with the idea about Takanas Ezra. So Baal Kari Mahara Belibo. If a man is a Baal Kari, had a seminal mission, he cannot say Shema. Therefore, what does he do? He could cogitate, right? He could be maharher belibo. He could think shema. Ve'enu mavarech. But he cannot say the brachas. Cannot say the brachas. Right? Lo lefanevo lo lachara. So I will say, the most he could do is he could think about shema. He could be maharher about shema. But he doesn't say the brachas, not even maharher about the brachas, before or after. I will say, there's a homach lokas. What exactly does thinking about shema do? Does one actually fulfill the mitzvah like that? So let's remember again, this goes back, we just saw this, this is why it's so great to do Mishnah also. We actually just saw this Machlokes in Megillah, right? We all say, this is a Machlokes. Do you have to hear what you're saying when you say Shema or not? Now this is not even that Machlokes, because over here, I'm not even articulating anything with my lips, right? I'm just thinking Shema, okay? Say, think Shema, but no brachas. What about if a person is a Balkari and now he has the bench? He could go ahead and recite Birkas Amazon again, Behirhur. In other words, he can't actually say it, he could think it. He could think it ultimately again for, for benching, but not for the brachos before. Because benching is Da'oraisa, the brachos before are Dirabanan. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Rabbi Huda says, both by Kriyashima as well as by benching, Rabbi Huda says that halacha lamaisa, the Balkari makes the brachas. Now I will say, the Bartanura points out that this entire discussion is no longer relevant for us. Why? I'm reading to the Bartanura, Rabbi Huda says, the Takana of Ezra is battle. Which is why today, contemporarily, even if a man has a seminal emission, the is he's permitted to learn afterwards. He's permitted to daven afterwards. There's a whole discussion about the concept of, again, there are, like, by, there are still people who are makbid to go to the mikvah. That, I said there are people who are makbid to go to the mikvah each and every day for the purposes of Balkari. Again, the Mishnah Brewer discusses that if a man does have a seminal emission, it is best to do what we call tisha kabin, right? Pouring nine kab of water, which essentially means take a shower. Take a shower. So ideally a person should do that, right? After having a seminal emission before learning Torah or before davening. But me'ikra din, even if a person did not do that, they are permitted to engage in Torah and tefillah. Because the takana of Ezra essentially is bottle. Ta mishnehei, hayo'omid b'tefillah. But an interesting case. Let's see. So we'll say, but again, our mishnahis are reflecting a reality where, where takana's Ezra is still in effect. So, for example, therefore, Mishnehei, Hayo Omid Betfilo, if a person was davening in Shimon Esrei, Viniska Shul Balkari, 
And in the middle of Shmona Esrei, he remembers that he's a Balkara and he didn't go to the mikvah. So what should he do? Lo yafsik, you shouldn't stop. You shouldn't stop Shmona Esrei in the middle. Rather, Eli Yikatser, you should truncate. The Abbas says, it's very interesting. How do you truncate Shmona Esrei? Essentially, you take each bracha, you say the beginning and the last bracha, and you cut out the middle. Yared Litbal, but another interesting case. Let's say a person went to the mikvah, going to the mikvah, and I realize I'm going to the mikvah right before sunrise. Now, the ideal time to say Kriyashma is when? Right before sunrise. If you could get out of the mikvah and clothe yourself before sunrise, then do so. Then come out of the mikvah, cover yourself, say Kriyashma. So if you could catch Kriyashma before sunrise, then absolutely do so. But if you can't do that, cover yourself in the water and you could say Shranabosai. This is very interesting. Now this only works with non-translucent water, right? If the water is clear, it doesn't work. But let's say you're immersing, like in a, in a lake, right, that has cloudy water, or some other body of water that has cloudy water, or you go to a mikvah that has cloudy water. Don't go to those mikvahs in general, general. I will say, so again, if the water itself is not clear, then interestingly enough, being in the water, as, right, if you can't see the bottom part of your body, that is considered as if you are clothed. Fascinating halacha. It's considered as if you're clothed. So in other words, you could actually go ahead and stay in that mikvah as long as the bottom part of your body is covered and recite shema like that. But you cannot go ahead and literally like cover yourself with mayim haroim. They both say mayim haroim. Mayim haroim over here is usually water that has like a putrid smell. Because remember, once you do with a putrid smell, you can't say kriyashma by a putrid smell anyway. Velob me'am ishra, not with flax water, which also has a putrid smell. Achiyati l'sochan mayim. See, Rebbe said the only thing you could do is if you, if you, are, if you are either immersed in mayim haroim or near mayim haroim, you could pour in regular water, dilute it. If you dilute the putridity, I don't know if that's a word, but it sounds good, right? If you dilute the putridity, then ultimately, again, that could work. The kamen yarchik men So again, this is not switching gears to just a moment. So remember again, up until now, we have is as follows. Halacha number one, if a person is davening shmona say they realize in the middle that they're a zav, truncate shmona esrei. Number two, you're in the mikvah, it's right before sunrise. If you could get out, quickly clothe yourself, say shma, great. If not, if not, if it's, if it's murky water or, or unclear water, you could cover yourself, so to speak, in the water. However, if the water is unclear, if the water, sorry, if the water is clear, that won't work. Now, Bosa, again, once we're talking about unclear water, if it's putrid water, you can't say Shema there at all. Not in any kind of putrid water, either it has a foul smell or that has foul items inside of it, even if it doesn't have a smell. Now the Mishnah is often saying, by the way, even when you're outside of the water, how far does one have to distance themselves from a putrid smelling item or from a foul item? Arba Amos. One has to distance themselves at least four Amos. We'll say four Amos is approximately six feet. So as long as you distance yourself at least six feet from your putrid item, you are permitted to say Shema or Davin Shmona Esrei or learn Torah at that distance. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.